Are you ready for friends that you can say anything to? We got you. I'm Wendy, founder of Bloom Wellness. And I'm Sin, Liberation Life Coach, and you're listening to Truth Tuesday, Liberation Through Radical Honesty. Hi, and welcome to Truth Tuesday. On this episode, we will be discussing reestablishing connections. Specifically, um, I think we're going to focus today on close family members and friends. So we're going to go with that. I know that a lot of us that have been going through this awakening process, we go through so many changes that we sometimes, or a lot of the times, create a lot of space between us and everyone around us. We need time to isolate and be on our own. And I feel from my experience and from your experience, Cynthia, we've both done this, um, I feel like these moments of, of complete isolation and solitude so that we can integrate and come back stronger where we have to protect our energy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've created these boundaries so that we can be surrounded by people that are already there that are already being very positive because that's all we can handle. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. So um, so we'll give you a little bit of insight or a little bit of context, and then we'll go from there. So we'll get started with Cynthia. As per usual, this is how we roll. So Cynthia, <laughs> do you want to give us a little, a little um, I guess, background on your awakening and the process of isolating and, yeah, just being in solitude? So I feel like one of the the things that I hear a lot about in the healing space is um, this notion of walking away of anything that doesn't serve you, mm-hmm. of saying no to relationships, including family, right. that are not healthy for you. And, and so for a lot of people, this really does require setting very strong boundaries. I know for me specifically, and I've talked about this a few times, I did separate physically, like I cut out all communication with my family for a really long time when I was in the thick of my healing, when I was um, trying to heal through my PTSD. Like a lot of, I was just getting re-traumatized over and over and over again. And it was just, I had to, set those boundaries for my for my mental health and my well-being and because at that point in time my family didn't understand trauma they didn't understand mental health what that meant they couldn't support me they just didn't have the awareness or the capacity to meet me there and so I had to do what was best for me and I know a lot of people are going to resonate with this especially in our community with a lot of us but first generations that are realizing oh, a lot of this stuff is very unhealthy and I need to break generational cycles and it starts with me. And so a lot of us find ourselves in these spaces where we either um, gravitate towards more like-minded people, we find inclusion in in groups outside of um, those unhealthy spaces where we we do feel safe. And and that's all great and but then there comes a point in our journeys where we are able to reintegrate 
um, in a more grounded and more centered way with like our families like it's not you don't have to be separated forever and i know um for a lot of people they go years decades without speaking or without communication and for me that was never ever ever the goal or a desire for me like that outcome was there was just i didn't have space for that outcome for me i was like i just i have to figure out how i can go back to my family um in a way that's gonna be you know positive for all of us not just not just me and so um so yeah so i had to develop the skills i had to do my own healing and i had to get to a point where i didn't get triggered as much like i had to learn how to self-regulate self-soothe get my nervous system to a point where i wasn't always triggered i wasn't feeling like that freeze or fight or flight response right and um and so it took a lot of years for me to get to that point and slowly it started with okay i'm gonna answer my mom's phone call today or you know um and it took me a long time to actually go back home and visit physically visit let me take you take you back Mm -hmm. so what did that isolation look like for you can you paint a picture for us for so for me a lot of this isolation happened in like 2018 2019 so way before the pandemic so when the pandemic happened i was like yeah like this is my my jam right being alone like i've been doing i've been practicing for this but it started in 2018 for me and so what i was doing was i i wasn't coming around to like family gatherings um like i said i wasn't answering phone calls i was redirecting them to voicemails um I really wasn't texting um, and a lot of, and I was also going through my divorce um, in 2018. So a lot of people really didn't, um, were giving me my space, the people that knew, like my mom and my sister, obviously, um, they would check in once in a while, but um, but that was part of my isolation too. That's where I was doing like a lot of healing. And so I was at home. I really wasn't connected to my community. Um, I really wasn't connected to a lot of friends. Um, I, I really was focused on myself. My priority was to get myself right in my mind and in my emotions. That was really important to me because I have two babies that depend on me and they needed me. And I, I felt like if I didn't take care of myself in that way, I wasn't gonna be able to show up for them. And so if I needed to shut out the rest of the world to make that happen, then so be it. And what do you think was, um... I guess the trigger for you or not the trigger what what is that what is it that influenced you in making that decision like was there a very specific event were you feeling super triggered every time you like came across family members or what was it that made you do it yeah so um this is a little bit of a of a trigger warning um so there was a lot of still a lot of um like abuse at home um it's better now but back in like 2018 there was still a lot of that stuff going on when i would go out there like my the men in my family like my stepdad and my brothers they would get in actual physical fights and there was a lot of yelling aggressive violent yelling a lot of you know punching holes in the walls um for me that was really normal for three decades but once i had my spiritual awakening and i i I became more conscious and more aware of my traumas um I started to become terrified whenever that would happen. So I went into um, to flight mode. Like I wanted to run. I'm like, this isn't safe. I would start to get panic attacks. 
And my family couldn't understand that because it's like, you've never had a problem with this type of environment. Why now? And it's like, this isn't safe. I can't be here. And I couldn't communicate why or how. And um, so I would just be like, oh, yeah, my boy, I'm leaving. And they'd be like, oh, like, you know, you're overreacting or you're making a big deal or whatever. And I couldn't understand. I couldn't explain, like, this isn't okay, or at least not for me. Like, if you guys want to keep engaging in this, fine. So there was a moment where um, I took my kids to visit and um, there was a violent incident that transpired and that was the that was it for me i'm like i am working really hard to not raise my kids in this environment why am i doing it now and i said no we have a perfectly safe home where we live i don't need to be here i grabbed my babies i packed up my ba my bags and my luggage and i said mom i love you but i'm not coming back and my mom and my sister were so freaked out because they're like what do you mean like this is it was like a shock to everyone's system because suddenly I was breaking a pattern that was so loud and clear to everyone. I was crying. I would, that was the first time that I was expressing emotions to my family. Like, I'm hurting right now. No one else sees this. I grabbed my stuff and like my mom and my sister are like chasing after me. They're like, they started crying. They're like, no, why are you leaving? Like, we're sorry. Like, we won't fight anymore. And I'm like, that's not even, like, I just need space right now. This is too much. It's overwhelming. And I remember I was driving back to Sacramento um and i had a panic attack it was really bad i had to pull over i almost fainted and i had my my kids in the car and i was like oh my god like none of this is okay none of this i mean it's i'm not saying that it's not okay to have panic attacks but i'm saying like that was my wake-up call where i was like i need to make changes and so mm. um so for me after that i was like me duele mas a mi like this hurts so bad right now but i cannot visit my family anymore and that was really really hard for me and that was the start of it that was the beginning of it yeah and that's interesting because i think for me i started dabbling in it and I've, I've had if i remember clearly in my adult life i started creating these uh, moments of isolation where people would clearly point out wendy's mia and mm -hmm. she's mia she's mia so i've had friends that understood that i would go into isolation when something was not going great mm -hmm because I didn't know how to ask for support. I didn't want anybody to see me in that state. Um, and I just felt like I was a burden when I was not feeling my best. Mm -hmm. So that's when I would start to isolate and that would look like not like not being responsive, not um, calling anybody, not going to any outings, um, not answering phone calls. Just, I would just wanted to disappear. So mm -hmm. I did my very best to disappear however I could. But more recently, as I started going through the whole process of divorce, um, I really didn't want anybody to influence the way that I was moving mm -hmm. because there's so much shame and there's so much shit that people carry that they project onto you. And, you know, people are praying for you and they're hoping for, you know, all the best that you guys can make it work. And oh, there's yeah. so much pressure. Mm -hmm. And here, watch this movie about you know ask god for this and that and it's they have no idea what got you to this point right and how hard you've already tried mm -hmm. and all the options you've already like looked at and how many different things you've already tried to make something work mm -hmm. so at that point um yeah luckily for me too because i was going through the thick of it and i want to say like 2018 2019 um 
2020 was perfect for me because then I was like, fuck right. this. Like, finally, <laughs> exactly. uh, this is the best excuse. There's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And not that it was a great thing, but it was the best excuse not right. to show yeah. up to anything because now, literally, right. I can't. Yeah, exactly. So people can't believe it on me. So it was easy for me to kind of step into that. It's like, whoa, I, I needed this. Mm-hmm. And so I isolated. Um, and I feel like up until last year, there was a lot of, a lot of days and times where maybe I ran away to Joshua Tree or I went on these solo trips to just be in solitude, to be with my thoughts, to allow myself to experience life on my own terms. Because mm-hmm. I was tired of everybody's influence or everybody's, you know, whatever they were hung up on, they were projecting onto me and I didn't feel free. Mm-hmm. So that was fucking with me. And, um, for a moment there it's like anybody that would say anything or question me i would get triggered mm-hmm. so i was just i was not the healthiest person to be around so i wanted to take myself out of the equation and i did start surrounding myself with like-minded people um, i started to build a different kind of community people that were gonna embrace me and my decisions you know they they understood their boundaries mm-hmm. And so after that, it took me a minute before. It's like you're saying, I wasn't planning on never talking to anybody ever again. But, you know, then the time came where now I had gotten rid of so much of that inner turmoil and Mm -hmm. anger and rage and just apathy for the universe. And I now wanted to come back and I could Mm -hmm. see people now. Now I could see them for who they were Mm -hmm. they're human and the challenge now was how do I reintegrate Mm -hmm. how do I come back into these relationships if I want to reestablish connection and the truth is it's awkward sometimes it is because people are hurt Mm -hmm. and that was another thing that I found out it's like while I'm going through my journey it's like okay yeah you were going through your journey but when you pulled away from these people you also hurt their feelings exactly yeah and I had no idea because I didn't even think, to be honest, that anybody cared that much. Mm. So I had these like things where people don't see me. I really felt I wasn't seen, I wasn't heard, and it's like I'm I'm obviously hurting inside, but nobody can see. And mm-hmm. here I was, like, well, you don't give a fuck. All you care about is me bringing a present to your party. I and mean, that's how I felt. Mm, yeah, felt very superficial for some of these uh, connections. So I slowly started to let them go. And yeah, when when I was a little more settled and more grounded as I've started to reintegrate into society and the different connections, I did start with safe spaces. And for mm-hmm. me, that was the gym or mm-hmm. some of the spiritual spaces or um, some of these events that, again, breath work or yoga. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going to help me reconnect with myself and my body? Right. Because that was more important than connect. It's like, if I can't connect with myself and a higher power, there was no way that I can connect with people. Mm -hmm. So it was baby steps. So I feel like I would connect with myself, I would connect with the higher power, and then let me try to connect with this person. And I know you were one of the the people that kind of went through it with me. Yeah. So you were one of my safe spaces. And um, that was important for me. But like I said, to reintegrate into spaces where they haven't undergone this change or they're not ready to to have healthy Mm -hmm. relationships or they're not ready to look at their own shit Mm -hmm. it's like can i still love you from right Right. here because i was keeping my distance like i'm gonna love you from an arm's distance or from a city away or from a country away Mm -hmm. but i cannot be here with you right now 
Right. And now I can come into the spaces. And at first I was like, oh, this is a test. Am I going to cry? Am I going to lose my shit? Am I going to lose my temper? And in the beginning, it was a little difficult, uncomfortable, super challenging to keep my composure. But here I am today. And I can say it's been difficult. But I mean, we'll get into my reintegration. But I wanted to ask you, when was the first time that you made an attempt at reintegrating or reestablishing connection with your family? Um, let's see. I think it started... Um, I mean, it was a process. It was very gradual. It's almost like a... Uh, it was like a very slow unfolding. So it wasn't like one defining moment. But I do have a memory of my mom acknowledging the role that she played for everything that happened to us even though even though at that point I had already forgiven the role that she played and I actually I even felt bad for blaming her because she was also a victim but I hadn't seen it that way and so by the time the apology came around I didn't need it I already had closure but that's when I realized you know what I'm not the only one that has the capacity to change my the rest of the people in my family do and i have to have faith that they want to do better because there is love right we just don't know how to do that so is it possible for us to teach each other how to do this and so i and i knew because she also expressed that she was watching me she said it she said i'm watching you and the very bold steps that you're taking like you letting go of this marriage like i could never not because she didn't want to but because to her she just she genuinely feels like she doesn't have the strength and she doesn't have the courage so she looked to me and she said like i'm actually very proud of you like once she sat with it and realized how detrimental a lot of these patterns were for us that's when she finally like was able to recognize it in herself and admit it and takes the first step at taking some level of responsibility and to me that was like the beginning of like okay that was like a bid to connect can i reciprocate and i would and then i would do another you know i would re respond accordingly and then when they you know when shit would hit that fan about okay i need to take another step back so it was like a dance like constantly gauging like how much can i give and out from what distance but it was never um like a choice of never coming back it was all it was every time there was a separation or a boundary it was always with the intention of figuring out why the last interaction i had with him was painful or why it triggered me or what came up i'd go back into isolation sit in meditation contemplate journal process whatever once i'd be like ah okay i know where this is coming from then i'd go back in and i'd tell my mom and have a conversation with her and so it was a lot of peeling back layers with her whenever she was open a lot of times she would get triggered she would lash out there was a lot of hanging up on the phones and you know like making each other cry like it was hard it was painful there was a lot of inadvertent hurting because there's wounds that are coming up and they're raw and we're sensitive to that but um but that's how it started like the minute that people in my family started to recognize their responsibility 
that's where I was like, I can work with that. The moment that we can get to that point, I'm like, this is becoming safer for me to come in. And they started doing little things like that more and more, um, like where they would start to own up to their stuff. And I'm like, that's really like what, where, what I needed for that. And now like, you know, now it's, and I post this on my stories all the time. It's so peaceful at home. Everyone has finally, like, I'm telling you, it's like a miracle. They've all awakened. It is a miracle. They've all had a connection with God. Mm -hmm. They've all finally seen the light. And they did it all on themselves. And they watch me. They watch my platform. They listen to the podcast. They're listening. They're learning from me and from the people that I bring around. And they get it, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's not because they don't want to. It's because we don't have the patience to to educate our community we don't have the patience to raise awareness and inform like hey this is your trauma i know you're not a bad person i know you're not doing drugs because you know you you suck as a human it's because this is happening to you and when you empower them with that that's when they're they don't feel the shame anymore and then they kind of like okay you know what maybe i'm not ang- as angry or whatever and then they go through their process right? right but but i think that's the key it's um gauging where they're at and then moving based on that and i think with you saying that i think what's more most empowering for me is recognizing what role i play in breaking these generational curses if you will because mm-hmm. not everybody has that awareness and we haven't mm-hmm. been modeled these behaviors so it's almost like in this space in our families we are like the pioneers mm-hmm. we're coming through we're breaking through and we're having to go through hell yeah and we're we're coming out on the other side still alive with a lot of knowledge and now it's like our it's like our capacity and our expansion really liberates them mm-hmm. and people want to change other people and they get so focused on you have to change you have to do this you have to do that right. when it's all us exactly so we'll, if we want to model that behavior then we take the responsibility and we take the steps towards changing right. our behavior, investing in ourselves, going to therapy, you know, figuring stuff out, get yourself your life coach, whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get you to that point of freedom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's exactly, I could see people now where they're at because for me it changed when I started feeling more comfortable. It's like, oh, I can see that inner child. Mm. I can see what hurts for you. I see how you were abandoned. Right. And yeah. I see how you projected that onto me. And that's not because they do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not like they sit there and they're just, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to really fuck you up and I'm going to mess up your mind. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. They have no clue. And it runs for so many generations until, until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And for me, what was coming up a lot is like, as I'm watching my other friends that are doing the work and they're raising their children, I'm starting to see these really healthy kids. Mm-hmm and they feel free and they feel you know liberated into some capacity where they can express themselves they're so creative they're speaking up mm-hmm. they're expressing themselves in the way that they dress and i'm just like i never had that there was so much shame in my upbringing mm-hmm. so much fear mm-hmm. and the people that are doing the work they're bringing up these young people or young children that are growing up to be these young adults that already are so awake mm-hmm. And that made me think, like, this is a great investment in myself. But also, can I revisit? Because I had to revisit my inner child and my inner teenager and mm-hmm. all these different versions of myself to get to a point where 
I felt supported and loved. Rewriting narratives of, you know, things that happened in the past and mm-hmm. memories that really crushed me because right. I didn't have the support that I wanted right. or that I needed. Mm-hmm. And not projecting that onto my parents and saying like, well, you didn't show up. You didn't do that. It's like they have no idea. They mm-hmm. probably don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So it took me that coming back and recognizing it's not, it's like, I'm not angry with you. I can still, I can get myself what I need right now. This is how I'm going to do it. And now if the opportunity presents itself where I am able to ask for something that I need, I'm practicing that as hard as it is. I'm practicing it. I'm showing up to things earlier this year. I went on a vacation with my family and I had already gone on a couple of road trips with my parents to visit my sister and just when you stay steady and you stay grounded it's a different experience but i didn't know how powerful we are we literally can keep it calm if we want to but if you join in on it Mm -hmm. it's always like adding fuel to the flame and you can really fuck stuff up so if you're ready to take that leap when i came back i already knew this would happen Mm -hmm. it's like how can i change the conversation how can i help them shift perspectives Mm -hmm. subtly Right. But I'm going to do it and not in a manipulative way, but it's like, well, yeah, there's that. But what about this? And right. presenting these options. And it was just this whole other thing where I saw my mom's just her mind was blown and she started coming around. I think I told you in the past she had a conversation with her inner child while we were like driving yeah. back home. And that was something that really changed a lot of things for me, because like you're saying, we have to be open mm-hmm. to them changing as well. Mm-hmm. I can't say like, well, I did the work, I did the work, I'm healed, and you don't have the capacity to heal because when we get there, this energetic, sorry, energetic uh, snobbiness is what I call it. It's like, I can do it, but you can't, and I'm better than you. So you start creating this supremacy around healing. Oh, yeah. And these hierarchies, which I don't fuck with. So I'm like, yes, I was where you're at at some point. So what that tells me is that you have the capacity to also do this for yourself. Will you need support? Possibly different levels of support? Of course. We're all different. So honoring that and honoring that it takes everyone different amounts of time to get where they need to be mm-hmm. is how I was able to reintegrate and have more healthy boundaries. Oh, yeah. And not allow things to get under my skin like they used to. And right. they still do sometimes. If people are calling me too much, blowing up my phone, I'll have a what the fuck moment. Or when people drop by and announced. That still will like get to me, but I don't react where in the right. past I would have gotten really frustrated and that would have ruined my day. Right. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay, let's go with it. I don't know what message God's bringing right now, but let's go. But sometimes I am being tested to yeah. reaffirm my boundaries exactly. and say yeah. what I need to say. So I think that's what made it safe for me. But again, in reestablishing those connections, I think... What are some of the conversations that you feel that you had to be able to to connect with your mom again? I always made it about what I needed from her. Um, and this, there's different levels of this, right? And so it started with, at first, like wanting and needing her to acknowledge that there even was trauma, there was a problem, and that wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, then I'm just removing myself completely because I don't know what else to do. Like, you guys can't change. That's when I first learned, you know, the whole you can't change people <laughs> that are not ready to change or they can't change themselves. So I was like, okay, well, then the only, the only power that I have is to change myself. 
And that's when I started to look at myself and my own healing and how how I sort of like me curaba solita, you know, my own little wounds. I'd be like, oh, there's a wound there that hurts. How do I patch it up? And then if I recognized a similar wound, like in my mom, I had the precise medicine for her because it helped me. And sure enough, I'd give her the little nugget instead of reclamarle or instead of accusing or blaming or pointing a finger, the dynamic in this now is different. Now it's shifted. But I had to heal in order to be able to to present my mom with that gift because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's a mm-hmm. gift to reconnect right. when you're offering someone your medicine like that. Um, but if you're still getting triggered, if you're still blaming, if you're still, and all of that is valid, right? What happened to us growing up was not okay. None of that was okay. Right. I'm not justifying that. What I am saying is that I can't, I can't change the past. I can't control anybody else. What I do have the power to do is to create new dynamics with the people that I want to have, be in relationship with. And I have mm-hmm. the skills and the tools, and that's part of my gifts that I bring. So for me, like one of the, the reconnections with my mom, like actually recently, was showing her how um, to express affection of love specifically hugs so not too long ago like a few months ago um i was i was at home i was visiting and oh it was when i was interviewing her and my grandma for the book so like march around that time and um something had come to the surface for me and you know me when i'm something comes up i have to process it and if you're there like hopefully you can hold space and not that's cool but i'm like oh something's coming up for me mom and you know i started crying and she's like like why why are you crying right (laughs) and I was like and I really needed a hug from her and so and she was moving around moving around moving around and um she wasn't stopping she was washing dishes and she was watching me cry and I was like I feel so unseen right now but Mm -hmm. I'm not taking it personally so I got up and I was like mom can I can I can I give you a hug? I didn't say can I get a hug because I'm like she doesn't have the capacity. So I, I literally put my arms around her and she didn't put her arms around me. Mm. And and I was crying even more because I felt the pain of the resistance of allowing the connection to to flow the way mm. it, it's we're meant to experience connection. But I also knew that she just didn't know how. And now fast forward to what was it to last week week. when her and my sister came over um to to visit for my son's birthday um so if anybody's following my page like you know I've, i've been very open about how i'm going through a really rough time right now and i had to be very vulnerable and open up to like you and my mom and my sister because i was sort of keeping it to myself and i knew i'm like this i can't i need support Mm -hmm. um so i shared it with my mom and my sister and um within the week they were at my house um, it's like a five-hour drive. We were at my house. The first thing that my mom does when I opened the door was she hugged me. She gave me the biggest hug, and she said, I'm right here, baby. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, I didn't even ask for it, but that's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, bang it out of her, like, why don't you hug me more? It's just modeling it and tr- like try our best not to take it personally even though it's it hurts it, it fucking hurts like hell but i you know but i have my relationship with people that can hold me and embrace me and fill up my cup but trusting that she's she, they'll get it and she does she did because again when people are ready they're they'll see it in their own time and when you least expect it like they'll show it 
And it's not always, it's not with everyone, but with my family, there's something powerful there. Because like I said, there's real love there. Mm-hmm. There it is. Underneath all the traumas and the childhood mm-hmm. stuff, like it is there. But it takes a lot of a lot of work. No, and I see that too. And it's um it's interesting because I think my dad's always been good about embracing us and holding us if we need that. But I remember when I needed hugs, it's like my mom wasn't the most affectionate person, so I've had to learn how to receive and give affection. Mm-hmm. And this is an ongoing process too. But um, I started, um, I started just thinking back as to who I am and how I show up for other people. And one of the things I do is I, I hold people. Mm-hmm. I hold and release. I embrace them and I release them. Mm-hmm. And that had been kind of like something that I do and I couldn't recognize that it's because something it's something I needed mm-hmm. and very recently so I have friends that can hold me for I can hold them for days they like I give really big tight hugs mm-hmm. that you know um, my friend said I should charge uh, <laughs> but I started with that and I'm like okay this is what I need and sometimes it's like I could feel people need it and sometimes if I see someone stressed out like that's my go-to I just want to yeah. nurture because that's what I needed. Right. And so that's been a thing. And the people that are in my life currently, they are able to provide that for me. But more and more, I'm able to request, like, hey, I need this. I can mm-hmm. really use this. It, mm-hmm. This would really help me. So reestablishing connection has to do with, you know, rebuilding intimacy with everyone in your life mm-hmm. that you want to keep close by. And physical touch is very important, it's not right. just language right so sometimes we can't communicate because people can't hear us because our yeah. language is so different but and, yeah and sorry i don't yeah. want to interrupt but but also being open to their bits to connect right because yes. if i had held on to that time that i gave my hug to my mom in the kitchen and she didn't reciprocate if i had held on to that when she was trying to give me a, a real hug this time like i would have been closed off to that right i would have i would have said no to reconnecting but that's not what I want. And, and it is hard sometimes. It is. and But that's part of like like taking that leap of faith and trusting that people are open to change, even if it's just tiny changes day by day. But mm-hmm. it is possible. We just have to be open to it and not close off to it. Right. And that's really important that you're saying that too because sometimes like I've, I've had my feelings hurt when I want to hold someone and they're not open to receiving that embrace and they're closed off it's like I forget that people have their own traumas Mm -hmm. and some people are also navigating that same space where now they're trying to figure out what kind of touch do I like what am I comfortable with Mm -hmm. especially if you're like I know I'm the one that usually gives the hug or I'm Mm -hmm. the one that'll embrace people and hold them so when I'm always initiating that's that works one way but when someone tries to come and hug me I'm like oh I I think I was at the gym and my friend um she's also my trainer she came up to me and she hugged me I'm like I give hugs all the time Mm -hmm. why did I get really stiff (laughs) I just like stiffened up didn't move and she's like oh my god and in that moment it was the first time that I was able to acknowledge I'm not always open to receiving right I can Mm -hmm. give but I don't know how to receive so that's where the work comes in yep so now that I'm coming across people that don't know how to receive, it, it hurts. It's like my heart, it just, you feel that little pain. I feel like I want to cry that like my yeah. inner child feels rejected and abandoned mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. But I am witnessing it and I'm like, yeah. you're okay. We're safe. This is not about you. Mm-hmm. And we move forward. Right. And yeah, if we remain 
you know, full of faith and proceed with, not with caution, but it's like this cautious optimism. Mm -hmm. It's like they're also going through their stuff and it's going to work out. Right. It works out so much better for us. And that does create those bid for connections and you're able to reestablish that connection stronger with a better foundation because now you're being more understanding and then they'll have the same, sometimes the same amount of compassion for you. Right. Uh, But I think it's really important that we acknowledge the importance of pulling away when we don't have the capacity to be in the same spaces. Yeah, exactly. And then acknowledging what our needs are and being open to these kind of like the friction that's going to happen and the difficulties and challenges that come up right as we're trying to re-enter these spaces yeah and i i think um another thing that i really really want to emphasize is that it there is discomfort and awkwardness right and we are being pushed to expand and grow when we re-enter these spaces Mm -hmm. however if you feel legitimately unsafe because sometimes it can be right you are not obligated to reconnect. I want to make that really clear, right? So no one is forcing anyone to forgive or to push you to have a relationship with someone who legitimately like hurt you in a way and is still very unsafe for you. Right. Like, I just want to make that really, really clear. That is important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so please, when you listen to these messages, be very, very mindful. Discern. And, yeah, discerning. Use, yeah. Use your discernment. Use your judgment. And you know, make sure, understand that there's context, right? That you get, you gotta give your situation. So not everyone is going to or should have access to you, um, depending on the situation. So I just want to make that really, really clear. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody deserves or is worthy of that that effort. Yeah, and yeah. For me, it's like we're talking. Well, for us, we're talking about family, and I don't like. It hasn't been. I understand where the trauma is. I know the full story. Um, I've had to do a lot of digging and exploring, mm-hmm. but the type of pain that I endured is not something that you know would cause me not to reconnect. Right. Exactly. So that's important. But some people have gone through crazy things yeah. that I mean, I would completely understand if they never spoke to anybody again, yeah. or you know, so. Yeah, it's like everybody has their own situation, but I think today we were talking more about these connections that are we're, we're able to mm-hmm. reestablish. Those are important, but yeah. Yeah, another another connection that I would love to talk about is the one with my biological dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I ne- I've never really had a relationship with him. Um, it's been on and off ever since I can remember. I've probably seen him... I can count on both hands the amount of times that I've seen him in person and engage like either through social media or by phone probably like less than 20 times in my entire life. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't say I have a relationship with him. Um, And so he and my mom, you know, uh, like separated when I was a baby. So, um, so I, I saw him throughout my childhood, like a couple of times. I just have vague memories of him showing up, you know, with a Christmas gift one year, um, and then I, re- I have another really vague memory where I'm like at my Theo's house, like his brother's house for like some some event. Um, and just like flash, little flashes like that. And then when I was in high school, I think I saw him once. And that was because we reconnected because I, I became, I accidentally became friends with a cousin. Accidentally. <laughs> I did, it was an yeah, accident. Uh, so that funny. story is so funny because I didn't know who she was and we became friends. And then later we found out that our dads were brothers and I was like oh my god you're that Veronica 
And so, um, so that was really cool. But that's when we reconnected um, in high school. It was because of our my friendship with my cousin. Um, but it was only like brief too. And then after college, like once I became an adult, like I realized that I did have the choice at that point because before that it felt forced. Like mm-hmm. I felt like my mom, not my mom, my grandma, she was the one that was instigating the whole thing, was pressuring me to like see my dad and reconnect with him. Um, but when I was older um, and I became pregnant, I think that's when I started to more seriously consider the possibility, you know, mm-hmm. of my kids growing up with their a grandfather figure but that was my wishful thinking because I was like if I grew you know I grew up without a dad is it possible that they may have the chance to grow up with a grand grandfather um not as of today mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not there um I don't foresee it happening anytime soon but I'm open to it but um but that's where I'm at I'm open to the to the connection to to develop it the the connection was reestablished. um I want to say like a year or two ago mm-hmm as a result of my healing mm-hmm. um and it was really hard it was very awkward um i acknowledged how much of a stranger he is to me um and i you know when we talk i don't have much to say you know it's just it's, it has been weird um but we did have a pivotal moment um earlier this year when we had a conversation and he was very vulnerable with me about he showed me who he really is so he expressed his feelings and his thoughts and i was like whoa like we're connecting and that's mm-hmm. when I felt a connection with my dad for the very first time and I told him if you ever need anybody to talk to like I'm here for you he's like yeah I've never shared this with anyone I'm like yeah I have that effect on people <laughs> um mm-hmm. I haven't heard from him since but I'm not mad I know how mm-hmm. these things work yeah I'm taking my t- I'm being very patient I'm not even thinking about it I've let it go so if he ever feels compelled or driven from a deeper place to reach out to me I'm gonna close out to it and I'm not resentful. I'm not holding grudges, right? I've let all of that go. So it's starting over and um, and and creating something new. It doesn't even have to be what it was before. It's, you know, what new thing can we develop from this? Co-creation is Co-creation, magic. yeah. Yeah. No, that's really important. I think with, with everyone, and, and just so you all know, I think with any, even any romantic connections, um, understand that you are not the same person you were yesterday right and at the same time whoever you are in a connection with they are not the same person that they were yesterday so Mm -hmm. if i made a mistake and they made a mistake you're no longer speaking to that person anymore that's in the past Mm -hmm. so if you can give them grace and compassion because sometimes we make little comments or we do little things that get under people's like skin can you let go of those little things and really focus on the bigger picture? Right. Focus on the joy. Focus on the good things because there will be bigger problems that come through. And a lot of the times we're not giving relationships um, an opportunity to evolve because we're mm-hmm. so hung up on the little things. Yeah. So, yeah, every day is an opportunity to reestablish connection and be intentional about your shit. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest, like if little things are bothering you, that means that there's a bigger thing at yeah. the root of it. So that is a great opportunity to reconnect and say, Hey, you know what, we should take that we should take a trip or let's let's do a dinner. I'll cook and you come over and have an intentional conversation with someone or just pick up the phone or send a quick test text. Hey, you know, I've been thinking about the last time we talked and I don't know, I just I feel like I have a lot to say. Whatever, just 
in whatever way it feels good to you extend a bit to connect to reconnect and and that's more often than not that will solve all the little issues that are nagging you or you guys are bickering about because there's always something bigger that's at the at the root of it yeah and it's usually not even based on the person it's a lot of trauma that we bring into the space yeah we all have our stuff yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah i have nothing else to add to this conversation like for now how about you no yeah this was a great conversation thank you so much for showing up as always i appreciate you and i love sharing space with you and i appreciate you and thank you for being my sister and holding space for me always and you guys thank you for coming out and supporting us and listening and being in this space with us we love you and we will talk to you soon bye bye